0: Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. Today I want to talk with you about the movie, Get Out. And there's a good question that comes up pretty easily about the film, which is, is the film anti-white? Is it a racist film? Is it kind of a reverse racist film? Um, I'm going to talk about it firstly uh, on a level in terms of if you haven't seen the film, you should be fine. I'm not going to talk about anything that you wouldn't know from the just watching the trailers beyond that. And then I'll give you a heads up like, oh, at this point, if you haven't seen the film, you want to go ahead and watch it. And I, and I do want to say, I think it's worth watching. It's definitely very interesting. It speaks to some interesting issues. So let's just get right to it. Is the, is the, is the film racist? And if it is right, it's for a fairly obvious reason, right? You so you have uh, members of the black community who are being victimized by white people, and it's a pretty clear distinction, right? Uh, it's a horror slash like uh, thriller type film, right? So uh, where the the main antagonists are white, and th- there is a, a fairly immediate question is like are they are they villains because they're white? Is their whiteness somehow connected to their villainy? And there is certainly a degree to which it does. Um, and whether or not it's just kind of happenstance, right? Where this is a movie where the villains happen to be white and the victims happen to be black. But the film is definitely, right, engaging an issue of race relations. There's no question about that. And it is engaging engaging what seems to be kind of like just putting out there, okay, these are you know uh, victimized blacks, you know who are having to run away. They need to get out and get away um, from white people who are uh, quite monstrous throughout the film. And so, kind of just looking at it from that lens, it seems like kind of well, obviously this is just kind of a reverse racist film, right? So you know, oh well, uh, now I guess it's white people's turn to be cast as villains because because they're white. And I don't think that that's. An argument or a concern that should be totally ignored. I mean, after all, the film is in many ways uh, funny. It's very, very witty, uh, very thoughtful, but it's amusing. And I think it's important to point out the fact that the fact that it's funny wouldn't it make it not racist, right? I mean, that's something that uh, people who enjoy, um, you know, racist jokes or sexist comedy or something like that. One of the responses tend to be, but this was just a jest. This is this was just funny. Uh, I don't really mean anything by it. But we still kind of go, yeah, but that was a racist joke. That's a joke that helps promote hatred against other people. It's a joke that helps promote stereotypes. And so it's not unreasonable to kind of level a concern at, at the film Get Out uh, that, well, whether it's funny or not, aren't you kind of helping promote this idea that whites are these kinds of people or that they are villainous? Um, that they're bad, that that they are, in fact, the monsters of a horror film. So, the other side of the argument is a whole series of things that comes out of the film, which is, let's leave aside whether it's funny. The defense for the film not being a racist film comes, I think, in part because of what's being said through the film about race relations, The film doesn't come across as being just a criticism of of white people and categorizing white people as bad. Instead, it is a film that gives white people the opportunity to know what it feels like to be cast as the villain kind of just because of race. And so in that way, I think the film is doing something very important, right? It's doing something that is uncomfortable. But important. Because if you look at the experience of, of the black community, how it must get so very old to, with regularity, see people who you can identify with, people who look like you or speak like you. They, they, they come from a similar cultural background as you. And over and over and over again, the people that are like you are portrayed in media as um, the, the dumb thugs, the Dangerous gangbangers, the the rapists, the you know the murderers, so on and so forth. I mean, the, the black people are often not even portrayed as the particularly savvy criminals. They're not the white collar criminals. They're the ones breaking into a Seven Eleven in our movies and our TV shows. And as a, as a, as a white person, I don't really know what that's like. When I watch a movie or TV show, uh, I see people like me, men, and people who are presumably white, like me, being scientists and being, um, you know, uh, successful CEOs and accomplishing lots and lots of positive things. That's not to say there aren't uh, white villains cast as well, but I get a whole lot of examples of white people who are successful in all these different ways. So it was weird for me to watch the movie and have that experience of going, oh, um, that is what it's like to be in a movie and realize that everyone like me is being cast in a villain's role or everyone who is in my racial category, right, uh, is being cast in this villainous role, kind of by definition. And so firstly, the film gives us an opportunity, if you're a member of the white community, to kind of get a sense of how uncomfortable it must be for members of the black community to sit through yet another movie in which they're villainous. And notice you know, you watch something like the Avengers, you know, things like Disney, which seems to be really trying to be more inclusive and less sexist. And even so, that the way Blacks are cast in in these hero superhero films. I mean, how often do black people get to be the hero in a superhero film, even in a multicultural cast like the Avengers? And you'll know, notice that we only really have a couple of black people who are represented in the Avengers, and one of them is, of course, African. Um, comes from, you know, this country in Africa that has this kind of, like, spiritual or mystical connotation, and he's directly connected with animals, and it's literally in his superhero name the fact that he's black, as a kind of, like, he's the Black Panther, which on one hand is, like, which is a nice reference, kind of, to, you know, a group that, you know, really fought for civil rights, but on the other hand, it's not like black people get many opportunities to see themselves just being the super smart, super wealthy hero who decided to make himself an Iron Man suit, right? They just don't get to see that nearly as much. And so even when they're heroes, it tends to be like, oh, look, it's like an African animal hero. And so it was interesting to have that experience of going, oh, well, so this is to, the, to, to a very tiny degree what it must be like to like see oneself as a villain just kind of by default and be cast that way and so the film does an interesting job of playing with some of those those kinds of stereotypes i think maybe even more importantly though if you kind of take it from a literary perspective the film reminds us of something that i just don't think we should let go um and it engages it by virtue of metaphor uh so spoilers start to creep in at this point which is the realization that the that the film engages uh black people who are Being kidnapped, being brought from one space to another, um, being you know uh, forced to do work, brainwashed, um, potentially killed, right, and denied their rights and say over their own bodies, and that sounds very familiar. It's slavery, right? I mean the metaphor is impossible to miss. The film engages slavery, so. And that's important. And, and the reason why I'm saying that it's important is simply because of this. Because if you look at how many films we have about slavery, uh, they tend to be historical and dramas. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. That's important. These films do important work, helping us understand the history of slavery and what happened, and dramas that help us understand the individual plights of people who suffered terribly. What these films generally don't do is portray it as a horror film. And if you think about it from the perspective of the black person who's kidnapped from their homeland, from their family, um, taken to another place. They can't escape. I mean, even if they escape from the people who kidnapped them, it's not like they could just take a boat back. So they're beaten, uh, molested, raped, tortured, killed, um, brainwashed, denied education, uh, and denied the basic right to their own bodies. So that's a horror movie. That's a horror film. If we made a film about what someone's experience was going, you know, from being kidnapped in Africa to being brought over to the Americas, that very easily could be understood as a horror film. And the monsters, the villains of that, end up being uh, the people who make that happen. And so, my experience in looking at Get Out is the realization that it's reminding us that what happened to Blacks, what happened to Blacks, not just who were kidnapped in Africa, but Blacks who continued to be tormented here as slavery continued for centuries, is that's a horror event. That's not just a drama event. It's not just a sad event. It's not just a historical event. It's a horror event. It's uh, it's it's about people being kidnapped and murdered and tormented and there, I mean, imagine uh, imagine a movie in which uh, you are chained up and you're not allowed to leave and you can't escape. I mean, that's the number of horror films that are about, people who can't leave, right, is quite high. So the fact that the film's called Get Out and it's about, you know, trying to escape when you can't, right? Seems to me to be a stark reminder of the fact that we should not just be thinking of slavery and how slavery was engaged here in the United States. It's just, you know, a sad event, drama event, an interpersonal event, or a historical one. It was a horror film, and it was torment. It was truly, it was beyond tragic. It was nightmarish. It's like Freddy Krueger stuff. So, that being said, there's another interesting way in which the film plays, and so here's definite spoilers at this point, plays with the the experience of blacks here in the United States and what it's like to um, to be black um, so the the movie first of all engages some very witty stereotypes and so you do get a sense also of what it's like to be stereotyped as a white person and whilst it's not cool to stereotype and it's not cool to engage in that you know humorously or otherwise it does give the white viewer, an opportunity to go like, oh, wow, so that's what it's like to have these just specific cast characters that are always played in these same ways. And so, like, the father's a very stereotypical father, as might be conceived of by people who are not in the white community. The mother is, the you know, the sexy daughter, the, the crazy brother who's into MMA and, you know, seems kind of coked up. Like, all of these characters, all of these white characters seem to be, could easily be tropes right? Character- mischaracterization, stereotypes from people who are not in your community and looking at the white community and looking at white media and seeing these characters coming up over and over again. And watching the film with a friend of mine, uh, there's a very, very funny moment where one of the characters, she is eating her Cheerios and she's got like a glass of milk and her bowl of Cheerios. So she's taking the Cheerios like one by one and dipping them in there and eating the Cheerio. And it's like, I looked over at my friend. I'm like, is that what you think I do when I eat Cheerios? Because you realize that if you're not a member of a particular community, all kinds of wild assumptions and stereotypes can develop. And so the film also gave me a strong kind of feeling of what it's like to be stereotyped and just kind of cast in that way. And members of the black community deal with this all the time, where, you know, if you're an actor and you're a black actor, realizing that, like, if you're not willing to play a thug, you've greatly reduced your chance of being cast. And I wanna say as an important caveat that our response to that should not be like, well, isn't movies just imitating life? There's just so many black thugs out there. There are by definition, because there are more white people in the United States, more white thugs than there are black ones. Just straight up numbers, right? That's just the deal, right? The black population is a much smaller population in the United States. They do not make up the majority of the criminals, period. So it's got to suck to be an actor who realizes that if you want a chance to be an actor, uh, as a black actor, uh, you have a much slower chance of being cast as a scientist than as a criminal. So the realization becomes is is that as we kind of like move, we like to think, move forward in race relations, that there's this idea people respond, but Nick, come on, aren't we cooler with black people? Um, Haven't we created a society now where black can be beautiful? In fact, like don't blacks get to celebrate blackness in ways that white people don't get to celebrate whiteness? And there are are certain truths to, to that, except notice, and this is an important point made by the film, which is that we are willing to celebrate blackness. Black is beautiful when it is in the ways that we want it to be. In other words, when black people are dressing, acting, speaking, and thinking the ways that the white community suggests is more appropriate, more right, more professional, then we'll say things like, oh, what a beautiful black woman. Isn't that, isn't she beautiful? So on and so forth. But there's this idea of being kind of forced to um, do what the majority party does in order to to gain acceptance. And so the film da- deals with that exact idea. This idea of the, these members of the white community are like, oh, we love black people. We think they're beautiful. We love how strong they are and all of this stuff. And the whole goal is literally to replace their the, the brains of these black victims with white brains. And to me, that seems like a metaphor for this idea that like, oh no, we're totally comfortable with you being black. We're just not comfortable with you being a, and then the N-word, right? Which is something that I've heard people say many times. Like, oh, I have no problem with black people. I just don't like N-words. And the realization being is what do people mean by N-words? Or They're like, oh, I don't mean black people. I just mean people who, and then they'll say, speak this way, or they have to low ride their pants and so on and so forth. And so there's this weird realization where despite the fact that it really doesn't matter how people dress, and there actually isn't anything wrong with the way members of the black community speak, that there isn't anything better about the way the white community speaks, and people who, by the way, have southern accents experience this with regularity. There's just kind of default assumption that if you speak with a southern accent, you're just dumber and you're going to be cast in movies as, you know, this dumber person, which has to get extraordinarily old. The, the problem then becomes one of, we basically said to the black community, we're fine with you as long as you don't participate in the things that you've used to kind of define yourself as a community. In other words, be black, sure, but be black in the ways that we've decided, otherwise you need to be dressing the way we've decided as professional, speaking in the ways that we've decided is professional, acting in the ways that we've decided professional, so on and so forth. And so the film really kind of pushes on that problem that basically even when we're saying to members of the black community, oh yeah, it's okay to be black, we're, we're also saying what was said to me when I was a child, my best friend um, uh, was black when I was a kid and I had members of my family say, well, but Nick, you gotta understand, they were very concerned about my black friend. You know, you gotta understand. that At the end of the day, black people don't really like white people, and um, they don't really. And, and it was made very clear to me that they don't act like the Cosby's. That the Cosby's wasn't a real thing, and that I and I was told, and it was the first time I had ever heard this word, that I was told that um, that black people like the Cosby's are actually called Oreos by other members of the black community because they because they act uh, they act white. So they're black on the outside, but white on the inside. And so what I realized pretty quickly at that point was, is is that we are okay with people being black if they are like the Cosbys, but we never want to let ourselves forget that even people like the Cosbys are still never really like us if we're white. So there's this idea that they still kind of have to be kept at a certain distance. The film challenges all of these things, I think, in wonderful, powerful ways. And I really want to encourage people to watch it and to watch it with people who are of different races and ways of thinking and, you know, genders and religions to to bear out a conversation. For me, personally, it was just a fun experience to kind of just experience to a small degree kind of what it's like to be a villain just because I'm white. And it's not comfortable. I got to admit, it's not... uh, it's, it's, it's not a happy feeling, but it is uh, a fun experience insofar as it's a growing, I think, experience for me. And I and I like to think that I have a little bit of a, of a better understanding of how awful it is to never or so rarely be represented well um, in film and in media. So uh, with that, I want to wish you a wonderful week.